This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you are here today. Hey, I hope that you are enjoying these extra bonus episodes I've been putting out at the beginning of the week with Boston Marathon finishers. I've been having a lot of fun doing that. Today's episode is episode 378, and my guest is Carrie Vierden. And this is really fun because Carrie is coached by Lee Troop, who was on the podcast last week. And I thought it was really fun to be able to interview coach and athlete pretty close together. Carrie ran her debut marathon at the Chicago Marathon this past year. She was the fifth American, seventh overall. She ran a 2.31 and it was a really hot day. I don't know if you remember Chicago last year, but it was really hot. And that was her debut marathon. She is also a track athlete. She ran the 5,000 and the 10,000 at the Olympic trials last year. She placed 10th in the 5,000, 27th in the 10,000, and she's kind of having a resurgence of her career. She ran for the University of Colorado and then took a pretty big break from running and now is back at it full force. And she is one to be watching. She is also a first grade teacher, which is really cool. So she does that full time and is training with Lee. And we talk about in this episode why she chose to work with Lee and what their training looks like and how she just really trusts him and has been able to stay injury free. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Prevenex. If you are looking for a great place to get your multivitamins and supplements, as well as protein powder, definitely check out Prevenex. I've been using them for two years now. I use their protein powder pretty much every day, probably five days a week. My kids love it for smoothies, and they also have vitamins for kids as well. One of the supplements they have is called Joint Health Plus, and it is the most comprehensive joint protection you can find on the market. It's clinically proven to work. I've had so many people reach out and say they have seen this product work wonders on their body. I use it myself and feel so great. And you all can save when you go to Prevenex.com, use the code ANOTHER, and that will save you 15% off your first order. That's Prevenex.com, use the code ANOTHER for 15% off your first order. All right, friends, if you are loving this podcast, please leave us a quick rating and review so potential new listeners can find us. We do a monthly giveaway with Gooder sunglasses. So if you leave a rating and review on iTunes, or Spotify, um, just send me an email, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com and we'll get you entered to win. All right. Enjoy my conversation with Carrie. All right. Well, today on I'll Have Another, we have Carrie Vierden on the show. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Carrie, you are in Moab on spring break. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. Normally, I would stay in Boulder, but my boyfriend's out here doing a little training stint. He's a cyclist, and so I decided it would be nice for a little change of scenery, and the weather's really nice here. So, yeah, it's been fun. I was super curious because of the interview time. I was like, noon in Boulder, and she's a teacher. How is she swinging this? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just because it's spring break. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So tell me a little bit about him. Like where did you guys meet and what kind of cycling does he do? Is it like cyclocross or what? Yeah. So we actually met in college. So we both went to CU. Um, we actually met through like mutual friends of runners that were staying at his house one summer. Um, it's kind of funny, but um, yeah, so he's a cyclist. He does cyclocross is like his main I guess, area of expertise, but he also does road cycling and mountain bike. Um, so yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. You, so you ran for CU. Was he in, was he on the team or was he doing sports there too? Yeah. He was on the CU cycling team, which Cyc- is a club team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's cause there's not really cycling in college, right? I mean, I went to IU and the, um, in f- the 500, the little 500, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, confusing it with the Indy 500. The little 500 is a big, big deal there. But so it's like a club team at Colorado. Mm -hmm, Yeah. And they're like amazing. I don't know why they're not a varsity sport because they win national championships like every single year. But um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to be with someone who's like part of another sport because they understand like being an athlete, but it's like so different than your own sport. So you have some time to just like breathe and like not think about running for a little bit. Um, so do you ever go biking with him? I do. Mm-hmm. I do sometimes. Are you going to in Moab? I did not bring my bike. I was like, I have a lot of runs to do. I have, um, yeah, I'm racing next weekend at the U S 10 mile champ. So I was like, I'm trying to like not do as much as I normally would to like save my legs for that. <laughs> are you, are you like mini tapering for that? Or are you just blowing right through it? No, I'm blowing right through it this week. I think next week I'll do a mini taper, but yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So let's, let's just talk about your running a little bit. Debuted the marathon last year in Chicago. That's so exciting. Fifth overall, or sorry, seventh overall, fifth American. Uh, talk to us about that a little bit, starting out with your marathoning. Yeah, I have been for kind of a long time, even when I first met with my coach and he didn't really know anything about me or my training. He was like, one day you're going to be a marathoner. And I kind of knew that in my heart, too, that one day that would be the direction I would go. Um, and so for the last couple of years, I've been like begging my coach to, to let me do one. And finally, he let me do one. And so I was super excited about Chicago. Um, yeah, it was just like awesome. The whole like marathon training was like a new type of training that I had never really gotten into, which was really fun because it kind of changed running for a little bit for me, like how I approached my training. Um and I was pretty happy with it. I definitely wanted to do better, but the conditions on the day weren't ideal, <laughs> except if you're Emma Bates, obviously. Shout out to her. <laughs> crushed it. Such, yeah, so cool to see. Um, yeah, it was really fun, though. And I'll definitely be back to do one again in the fall. Yeah, it's a tough marathon to debut with the heat. I mean, the course is great, but to debut in that kind of weather is very difficult. Yeah, and at the time I kind of was like, Oh, like marathoning, it's hard. Like the weather doesn't really play a factor. But after I was like, well, that, yeah, that didn't help that much. (laughs) (laughs) So you're, you are working with Lee Troop who I've recently interviewed, but I'm man, I have been banking all these episodes because I'm trying to take the summer off. So I haven't released it yet. Um, yeah, but so it's fun to talk to you after recently, I talked to him probably three or four weeks ago. Um, Mm -hmm. catching up with him. So talk to us about, um, I guess let's go back to you ran at CU. 
And then you decided like, I need to take a break from running to figure out like what I'm really passionate about right now, all these things. And then coming back to the sport and like, what did that break really do for you? The break, I think really just changed my relationship with running. I think through college athletics, I kind I always loved running, but I kind of felt like it was moving so fast and I constantly had to be like at my best when I wasn't. And so there was like a lot of disappointment there. Um, and I was injured all the time. And so I just felt like running had failed me and I felt like running was my whole identity. And so when it kept getting taken away from me, I just kind of lost myself. And so after college, I took a long time off, probably a year and a half off of running just to kind of like see who I was outside of this sport. Um, and I did that. I did all the athletic endeavors. I went and got my master's. Um, I just like found out who I was as a person. And when I started running again, I started running for myself and not anyone else. And so I wasn't running to like please anyone or to get any type of result for anyone. It was just for myself. And I think that was just like a really healthy way to come back to the sport. Um, and so once I was kind of in that like peaceful spot with running is when I reached out to Lee and I asked if he could coach me and he was very open, open arms, just welcomed me into their team. So yeah, I'm really grateful for him. Did you ever leave Boulder? Nope. Always stayed in Boulder. Okay. <laughs> and where are you originally from? I'm originally from Oakland, California. So Northern California. Okay. Yeah. Your family still lives there? No. So <laughs> I actually got my family to move out to Boulder. Oh, um, lucky dog. I know the year before the pandemic. First, my brother moved out because he's a rock climber. Obviously, the rocks are great in Colorado. Um, and then my parents retired and they were like, we're just going to come move out to Boulder. My parents are huge cyclists, so it was pretty easy for them to come out to. Oh, my gosh. That's like the dream to move somewhere and then to get your family one by one to follow yeah. you. I know. I'm really lucky. So we all live within like, um, it's like a two minute drive to like all of our houses. And yeah. so nice that they did it right before the pandemic. I know. Who would have thought that a year later it would have been like impossible? It, yeah, it would have been so complicated. And and then like you probably wouldn't have seen them for like a year. And oh, that yeah. would have been so hard. Yeah. Uh, we recently moved from Indy to Raleigh and I'm like, my dream is to get all of our families to one by one move yeah. over here. I don't think any of them will, but I've heard <laughs> so many people that have been like, if you're, especially if you're moving from, uh, to better weather, mm -hmm. it's easier to get someone to move, but Oakland, California, that's probably pretty ideal weather too. Yeah. Yeah. The coast of California, um, is pretty much ideal weather. My dad is actually from the UK. He's English. And so he like hates the snow. So I don't know how <laughs> we got him to move to Colorado. And my mom was born in Southern California. So she's like a total ocean girl. And so now we're in a landlocked state. So who knows? I don't know how they did it, but they love it. <laughs> uh, we'll see how, well, I guess we'll see how long it lasts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so your parents, you said they're cyclists. Is that, talk to us about how your love for running came about. Yeah. So my parents are cyclists and thinking back, like I did a couple of like crits growing up, which are just like little circuit races on your bike. Cause my parents were at the bike races, but I never really did cycling. I did like every other sport you could ever imagine, like volleyball, horseback riding, soccer, ice skating, 
all the sports. Um, I never really started running until high school and I was running because I wanted to get better at soccer. Mm. Um, and that's Classic. kind of, yeah, I know it's like every runner's entry into the sport. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I guess I kind of just fell in love with the team. We had a really big team at my high school, like a huge team. We had like 300 people on our track team. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It was huge. How big was your school? We were a division three school in California. So it wasn't um, 1600 kids maybe, but yeah, we had a pretty big track team. Um, yeah. And I just fell in love with the girls I was training with and like the whole atmosphere. And I still continue to do soccer for a couple years. Um, and then I started to just focus on running probably by my junior year. Yeah. You won state a few times, right? Yeah, my junior and senior year, I believe. Yeah, just casually running cross country in high school, <laughs> winning state, no big deal in, Cal- in the state of California. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to us about then, like, do you think, do you think if you hadn't have taken that break after college, like you would have just kind of been in a mental struggle or what? I think so. I think like at that point, my body wasn't healthy, first of all, like I was constantly injured. And yeah, I think mentally, I wouldn't be in the same place where I am today. And I don't even think physically, I like could have like progressed at all if I had kept running. Um, But I think about that a lot, you know, it's like, I didn't really start running. Well, when I first started back running, I was like, extremely unfit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it took me a lot of time to get to even running the PRs I ran in college again. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm like, I'm, I'm not like old, but I'm like older than people, you know, coming out of college. Um, and so I, I wonder that too, like how would my trajectory in the sport have looked different if I had kept running, but I think I made the right choice. Yeah. And older means wiser to be honest. (laughs) Like, I I mean, agree. I just think that the older we get, the more in tuned with our bodies we are as far as like, uh oh, I need to take a break or I need to back off or was that too much or I know I could do more. Am I being a baby? You know? Yeah, totally. And I I totally agree with that. And, you know, every time I kind of wander down that rabbit hole, I just try to remind myself, like, don't compare your journey to anyone else's Mm -hmm. because comparison can get you in trouble. (laughs) And so I'm just I just try to be like present and grateful for where I am today. And I'm just, yeah, my journey is my journey. And it doesn't matter if it looks a little different than everyone else's. Yeah. Did you ever consider trying to join a group post-college like immediately after? I did. I did for a little. I actually thought about joining the Roots group Yeah. <laughs> in Boulder. Uh-huh. Uh, the coach, Richie, actually had re- – he probably doesn't even remember this. If he Oh, I bet he does. I literally just interviewed him last week. That's funny. Yeah, he actually reached out to me, and I, like, had filled out that whole application, and, like, he had asked a bunch of questions, and I filled it out, but I could not get myself to send it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that was, like, destiny or what, but, yeah. You just knew. I just knew. You knew you needed the break. Yeah, which I think, like, took a lot of strength, honestly, to be able to, like – I mean, I love running. And so to be able to make myself give myself that break because I knew I needed it, I think that I'm really proud of myself for making that choice. Yeah, I think it's awesome. How were you able to cope mentally as far as not, you know, doing the one thing that you love so much so often? 
Well, at that same time, when I was taking a break, I actually, I started my master's program. And so I had distractions. I was, you know, really focusing on that program. It was a full year program. So it was like pretty intense. Um, and I just allowed myself to do things I wouldn't normally allow myself to do when I was doing heavy training. So, you know, I was exploring in the mountains a lot and going on more rides with my boyfriend and just doing fun things that I typically, you know, in my type A personality wouldn't like allow myself to do if I was doing some heavy training. Um, and I think that was just like a really good distraction, honestly. Yeah. You're staying, you were staying active. It's not like you were sitting on the couch the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Hey everybody, a quick break to thank ZocDoc for supporting this episode of the podcast. No one knows what you're looking for in a doctor better than you. And no one's better at giving you the tools to find the perfect doctor than ZocDoc. The people who created ZocDoc found the major pain points in healthcare, all the things that weren't working, and said enough. Then they made booking a great doctor surprisingly pain-free. With ZocDoc, you can find doctors that are in your insurance network, putting you on the path to see the doctors who are right for you and not wasting any time figuring out who's in network and who's not. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance and are available when you need them. Go to ZocDoc.com another and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash another, ZocDoc.com slash another. All right, friends, back to my conversation. Okay, so tell us when you were like, all right, I'm ready to like, train, reach out to Lee. And why did you choose to reach out to Lee of all coaches? Yeah. So I think, well, I started having these dreams. I don't know if you've read an interview where I've talked about them, but I started having like running dreams again and dreams of like me racing. It was so weird. I would never like think about it during the day, but I'd go to sleep and every night I would have these dreams about me racing and like winning races. And I, just missed it, I guess. It was like my subconscious telling me like, it's time to go back. And so, yeah, kind of strange. But at the time, Lee was coaching in the Boulder Track Club. um, And he was coaching Laura Thweed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's like a huge idol of mine. And so I kind of reached out to him. And I actually reached out to him to be on the like development team, which is like a sub elite, just like kind of doing it for fun. You have a job and you also run on the side. And he immediately emailed me back and was like, absolutely not. Like, (laughs) you should be on the elite team. Like, I'm in Australia right now, but I'll talk to you when I get back. And yeah, I think it, it took me a lot of time to finally reach out to him because I was a little like nervous. I was like, what am I doing? Like, running in college didn't go as planned. Like, why would it go as planned, you know, in the future? But for some reason, I just like had to do it. And so yeah, I reached out to him and I met him and he was just like a breath of fresh air, um, his approach to training. And I really liked how he had like a a four year plan for me. It wasn't like, oh, you know, like the first time we sat down, he was like in four years, like Ah. this is where we should be planning for him, which was really nice because I was so used to the NCAA system where, you know, every month you had to be on it. And at that point, my body just like was not 
able to do that. And so, yeah, it was great. And I was like, this guy knows what he's doing. He's really fun, really relaxed. And that's exactly what I want right now. Where are you at in the four-year plan now? (laughs) Right now. So I guess it's been four years since we started coaching. Really? Four years? It's been four years already? I think so. Because I reached out in 20, I guess it was, maybe it's been like three years, three or four years. So yeah, basically he looks at like Olympic cycles. Uh Um, And so, I mean, I qualified for the Olympic trials, which was great. But now we're just like upping that. Yeah. (laughs) We're like going to be a top contender next time. Do you think that your focus will be on the marathon at the the next trials? I think, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What, what are you training for right now? I know you're doing the 10K or the 10, uh, 10 mile. uh, What is it? The 10 mile championships? The 10, USATF 10 mile champs. It's the cherry blossom um, race in Washington, D.C. Okay, that's next weekend, which next weekend. this will go out way after that. So everybody yeah. just knows she's already ran it. Go look up her results. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to do my track season is actually pretty short just because nationals is so soon. Um, then I'll be doing a 5K, hopefully at Peyton Jordan, and then the 10,000 at nationals. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're switching gears, like no Mm -hmm. marathon stuff. You did, you debuted Chicago in the fall, but you're like, I'm sticking with track stuff until next fall. Yeah. Track and roads. Mm -hmm. Track and roads. And you know, a lot of people, when I told them that I was planning on doing a marathon, they were like, okay, like your track days are over. Uh, All your speed's going to be zapped out of your legs. And I was like, really? Like, I want to do it all still. I want to like, it's so fun to have these seasons of like, these minor changes of like, oh, track racing and then road racing, cross country thrown in there and like marathons. And so that's what I'm doing. And I haven't felt that my speed has been zapped out of my legs. So I'm just going to keep doing all the things until, until I have to do just marathons. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you're running the super high mileage anyway, too, I, I'm reading this, I'm reading uh, Ben Rosario's new book, the run like a pro book. And just Mm -hmm. talking about like, people training for 5Ks and 10Ks, you know, still running like 120, 100 miles a week and how important that is. And I'm like, well, you're doing the mileage anyway. So you're just kind of switching gears a little bit when you go up to marathon. Are you doing the mileage? Like how much are you running right now? Right now, I'm actually not running as much as I would just because we're doing three workout sessions a week. Okay. Um, right now, I'm probably running like, I mean, I still run pretty high mileage. I'm running like 70 to like mid 80s right okay. now. Um, but then normally I'll be running like 90 miles a week. Um, and then in marathon training, I run like 105 or okay. Yeah. Did that feel like a big breakthrough when you broke a hundred? Yeah. I had never done that before. I totally like was riding in my training log, like doing a little happy dance, like oh, <laughs> over a hundred. <laughs> How did that feel for you? You know, it actually felt great. I, I felt like I was recovering really well, um, in my marathon training and it didn't, I was tired. Definitely. There was more, you know, fatigue in the legs, but yeah, the over a hundred miles a week felt great. I was really grateful. I didn't get any sort of injuries in my buildup to Chicago. Um, which is just really cool, especially knowing my history of like being an injury prone runner. Um, it's been really, really nice to be able to, um, get through training for honestly, it's been ever since I've been with Lee, I have not been injured. So, (laughs) but yeah, really grateful for that. What do you attribute that to? I think 
Lee just really understands me. And we had like a really good open conversation. Like if anything is hurting, I tell him and he'll immediately change the workout. We don't push through anything. Um, and I think his training is just, it's not really, there's not like a lot of miles of really, really intense stuff. It's more like a, a lot of easy runs. And then our workouts are actually really short, even in the marathon build out there. You know, a lot of our workouts are just like four or five miles long. So I guess it just works for my body. Give me an example. Like, so you said you're doing three workouts a week right now. So give me an example of like what that week looks like. Yeah. So a typical workout week right now in the track season is Monday easy run, usually with a little double, like a 35 minute double, um, which I actually do at the beginning of the day. And then I do my long run after work. Okay. Um, yeah, that makes yeah. sense if you're working all day. Mm -hmm. And then Tuesday we have a workout and Tuesday it'll just be like a, usually just like a road workout, like a fartlek or, you know, something that's anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes of like workout time. Um, Wednesday we have a medium distance run. So it'll be like 80 minutes. We do everything by minutes. We don't do anything by miles. Um, do you do that before or after work? We, we'll have to talk about work too after this. Okay. Um, Wednesday, we actually have a late start. So I start instead of at seven fifty is when the bell rings, we start at eight fifty. So oh, sometimes, nice. yeah, sometimes if the weather is like going to be really bad in the afternoon, I'll squeeze that a medium long run in, in, in the morning, but most of the time I do in the afternoon just so I can sleep in. Um, yeah. And then Thursday we have a, like a baby workout. We'll do like some hills or like a little fart like run like that's 15 minutes maybe or we do this one that's like eight to ten minutes of 15 seconds on 15 seconds off so it's like a half a workout we call it <laughs> not like a big full intense one friday easy saturday pretty intense track workout and then sunday we have two hour long run and okay. that's like a week yeah. what's the intense track workout give me an example of one um wow we have a lot of different ones lee has a bunch of like australian track workouts that he like pulls out and he ha they're all named like after like australian oh, legends that it. he's yeah so we have like deeks quarters which are like these really hard 400s with like 200 meter floats so you never really have off like recovery we have gamudi's 800s which are probably the worst one we do it's like two sets of 800s and he'll give you a certain time like the men will do well, I'll just say mine. I'll do like two 800s. These are all consistent. So 800 at 80, maybe 85 seconds per lap. And then there's no recovery. Another 800 at 75 seconds per lap. And then another 800 at 65 seconds per lap. Oh, so, so you're progressing. You're progressing. And it's just really hard. <laughs> so you do those three. So you go 85, 75, 65. And then what? And then you take like a lap jog and then you have to do it again. Okay. So you do that set like how many times? Just, I think two, maybe three. Okay. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's a pretty hard one. <laughs> I love that he has like Australian names for all these. Like it's probably like somebody's workout for some, somebody he idolized when he was running competitively. Yeah, it totally is. Or people that he's trained with, like. The Mana Fartlek is like a pretty well-known Fartlek now. And I think Lee is kind of the person who like brought that to the United States. And that's named after a person he trained with, Steve Monaghetti. Okay. So yeah, it's 
kind of funny. I'm like, our workouts aren't like, oh, fart lick. It's like a random this Australian kind of fart lick. Yeah. What <laughs> yeah. what's the mon- what's the Monaghetti fart lick? The Monaghetti is like a staple in our training. Um, it's basically two ninety seconds. Okay. Uh, on with half recovery. Or no, equal recovery. So 90 seconds on, 90 seconds off, 90 seconds on, 90 seconds off. And then you do um, one minute on, one minute off four times. And then 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off four times. And then 15 on, 15 off four times. So it, it, and no, and then you're done. So it's only 20 minutes. Oh, nice. But the off section is like a float. So my ons might be at like five minute pace, but my offs would be at like 530 pace. Okay. So you're not slowing down that much. Yeah. I kind of love that. Oh, it's great. I recommend everyone to try it. It's super fun. All right. I'm going to yeah. write that one down. I love it. I'm sure I can Google it if I don't remember exactly. That's so good. Yeah. I I know like the Northern Arizona people do it, but then they add on like way more minutes and it's like way longer than 20 minutes. But yeah, we just do 20 minutes. How? Okay. So a question there then is like, how do you stay in your own, like your head? Like... I don't care that NAZ is doing it three times. Like this is what I'm doing. This is what Lee's prescribed for me. And I don't need to compare my training to anybody else's. I need to believe in this system and formula. Yeah. I think that's a huge part of running in general is like to just not compare your training to anyone else's. Um, And I mean, I've been with Lee long enough that I just, I completely trust the process that he's had us go through. And I mean, I see results with my teammates and myself and, I know that Lee had a really great career, so that's encouraging, you know, like his training does work because he coached himself for a big portion of it. Um, Sometimes it is hard because I'm like, oh, should I be doing more? Like everyone's doing more. And it's definitely not something that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like 100% okay with everyone else doing different things and I'm doing completely different things. Like it takes every day. I'm just like, yep, I'm here to do what I need to do, what I've been prescribed and just be okay with that, I guess. Yeah. You know, and being healthy is so important. What do you, what was the issue that kept leading you to injury in college? Do you think? I don't, I, so I, it was my, my feet would just break all the time. I had, I, my feet. Yeah. I broke, broken both navicular bones in both of my feet, which are like, that's like not a fun one to break just because it takes so long to heal that bone. Like I was not running or walking for like nine months for one oh, of them. Um, so yeah, it's like not just your typical six week stress fracture. It's like much longer than that. Um, and I think it was just, we did a lot of spike work. So mm. we were on the track a lot. Mm. We would run on like the bike paths a lot. And I, now I do like, I try to do most of my runs on like trail surfaces or at least like softer surfaces. Um, but also like, I'm sure that I like wasn't like my nutrition wasn't that great. Like, I don't think I was fueling myself well enough. And so I think it was just like a lot of different factors that led me to just like constantly breaking my feet. (laughs) That's so interesting. Like the spike work situation, because I wonder if, I wonder if that happens more often than we realize because people are doing so much running in shoes like that. Yeah. I mean, I think now with the super shoes, it really does speed up your recovery. Yeah. Um, and when I was in college, which wasn't that long ago, right. but um, <laughs> we didn't have any super shoes. Like that wasn't even a word back then. Um, but now I think I'm, 
you know, there might, I might have a really intense track workout where I'm like, oh, I really want to be wearing spikes, but then I have to think, okay, that might like really make my feet hurt. So I'm going to wear flats and just be okay with running like a quarter of a second slower Mm -hmm. on a rep or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. What did you run the Chicago marathon in? What shoes? Yeah. Um, the Nike next percents. Okay. Is that what you're like? Are you married to that right now? I love the Nike shoes. I really like the Alpha Flies too. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty, we're in a pretty good relationship right now. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, because that's another interesting aspect to your training unsponsored. It's like you can wear whatever you want. Yeah, I know. It's a huge, uh, huge plus about being unsponsored. How does that work though? Because it's like, I feel like that would be a really hard thing. So say somebody comes knocking on your door and wants to sponsor you and it's like a really great deal, but you're like so married to these other shoes. Like how hard would that be? I mean, we know Kira D'Amato signed with Nike and a lot of it she said was, I just really love these shoes. Yeah. I mean, you just have to weigh the pros and cons, I guess. Um, You know, if there was a company that just had no shoe technology at all, like, I don't know. It's like, do you want to not be like competitive with your competitors. Like, unfortunately that's something you have to think about, but yeah, I don't know if the opportunity presented itself, I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, cause Emily Durgin just ran into that with like with Under Armour and then she moved over to Adidas cause they just didn't have the shoes that she needed. And it's like running at this level, you got to kind of mm-hmm. do what works. I know it's interesting. I have this conversation with like, my teammates and my coach and even my boyfriend all the time, just like the shoe technology debacle, because as runners, it's funny. Cause that's like the only technology that we have. Like that's like mm-hmm. shoes are like the one thing that we can use to like get an edge on our competitors. Whereas like in cycling, you know, there's like all these different components of your bike that you get to like play with. And, and so I'm like, Oh yeah, it's totally fair that people can have different shoes. And like, it just pushes other shoe companies to like do better. But then as runners, you're also like tied to your sponsor, right? So it's like, if your sponsor is not providing you with great shoes, is it fair that like some people are able to have the better shoes? I don't know. It's interesting. Hey, everybody, a quick break. I want to tell you about Shoot Photography. This is an amazing photography service that you can just book photos for free with no booking fee and have your family pictures, pictures for your personal branding, graduation pictures, maternity pictures, whatever it is, you book a session for 30 minutes at a hotspot location. So here in Raleigh, we just took family pictures with shoot photography at Poland Park. And I just got access to 125 pictures from that 30 minute session. And then you can purchase the whole package for $2.95 or you can purchase individually starting at $15. And then if you buy five or more photos, you get a discount. I've never seen such a good deal for photography in my life. And they're pretty much in every major market around the country. And I'm loving our pictures. Actually, you will see them posted on my Instagram. Uh, LindsayHine626 is my Instagram. I'm going to share some of the pictures that we had taken with shoot of Glenn, my husband and I, and our four boys. Spring is the perfect time to get some beautiful pictures taken. And these are just quick 30 minute sessions. So book your session, go check out if they're in your location, go to shoot.com. That's S H O O T T.com. 
When you go to purchase your photos to get 15% off five or more photos, just use the code SANDYBOY and that'll get you 15% off five photos or more. So that's shoot.com, S-H-O-O-T-T.com. Schedule your session. It's super simple, stress-free. Our photographer was wonderful here in Raleigh. It was so easy. Uh, And then you can use the code SANDYBOY to get 15% off five or more of your photos. Again, go check out our family photos we had done at my Instagram. It's lindsayhine626. All right, friends. Uh, I hope you're loving this conversation with Carrie and enjoy the rest of the episode. So talk to us about your job as a first grade teacher and, um, you know, training so aggressively now and balancing that with work. You're the second teacher who's running at this professional level that I've interviewed recently. I recently interviewed Elena Tab. So you guys are both kind of like in the same boat there. Totally. Yeah. I love being a first grade teacher. It like brings me so much joy and like, I just smile even thinking about it. It's like the best job. And I'm so thankful and grateful that I get to do that. And I feel really blessed that I can, that I can do both things. Like I have teaching and I also have running. Um, but I'd be lying if I said it was easy. It's definitely a hard profession to juggle. Um, people always are like, oh, but you're so lucky you get the summer, you know, you get the whole summer off. And it's like, yeah, but you have to survive to make it to the summer, you know, and it's one of the least flexible jobs. I think that's what I've really been running into the most is that, you know, the bell rings at 7.50 in the morning. So I have to be there by 7.30. And that doesn't really leave a lot of leeway for training in the morning. Um, and I can't just say, oh, I'm going to be like five minutes late. Yeah. My work isn't long, you know, like I have 30 kids that I have to deal with. And so, yeah, it's, it's not flexible. And when I have to take time off for like, you know, races that are on a Friday night, like it, it totally sucks. <laughs> um, but I think I've managed to get through it by just trying to stay present. Like when I'm teaching, I'm fully there teaching. And when I'm running, I'm fully there running. So instead of like, me doing a workout and thinking about all the things I have to do in the classroom. It's just like, nope, I'm running. This is my time that I've allocated to my running. And so that's what I'm focusing on. And I think that's really helped me just like get through the day and be able to check all the things off my to-do list um, and do them as best as I can. Yeah. It seems hard, like focusing on running so much to not think about it seems like it would be hard to not think about it at all when you're teaching like oh I gotta go do that workout after school today yeah some days it definitely leaks into my mind where Uh I'm just like I have you know a hard workout after this or and it's it's fine to think about running while I'm teaching you know I I have to inevitably right I have to be like okay I have to eat right now because I I have to remember to drink water um to be hydrated but teaching is like, it's pretty all consuming. You always have, especially like first graders, they're just like constantly talking to you. So <laughs> it, it is easy to get lost in, in what I'm doing in the classroom. Um, I have a first grader. My second oldest is in first grade. So I, I can understand that. Um, it's a challenging year too. I would say of my kids, my oldest is in third grade and then I have, I have two smaller ones, three and five, but my first grader who's seven, I think with COVID and going online, this 
of all of my kids' ages mm-hmm. has been the most challenging as far as, you know, he was in kindergarten when we were schooling at home and that was like, that was hard, you know? I'm curious what you're seeing with your first graders. Yeah, it's interesting and we have to remind ourselves a lot that like the kids that are in first grade and even second grade right now, like they have never had a normal year of school, like in, in unless they went to preschool maybe, but like formal education, they've never had a normal year in school, which is really hard for the younger grades to come into that setting and to be expected, you know, to sit down for 30 minutes at a time and yeah, kids are definitely a little bit behind where they should be, but I think kids are just happy to be at school, which is like an awesome thing to see. I wanted to say my boys love going to school, but they also love like, oh, it's Friday. It's the weekend. But just getting back into a regular routine. And it's been a while now, but um, they love it. But man, my first grader, it's been so rough. Like I, I feel for his teacher because there's some behavior stuff going on. And I know it's like... I'm sure you deal with this too, but it's got to be so challenging because you're the teacher, you're not their parent. And so like the disciplining stuff has to be kind of difficult to navigate. Yeah, it definitely is there. And there are harder days than other days. But um, yeah, it's funny teaching the younger grades because it's not like just teaching them like what, you know, like the ABCs, you know, it's like there is also that like social emotional component and like the discipline component. So yeah, you just got to do it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so you guys are in Moab now, and you you mentioned earlier your boyfriend's, like, doing a, a bike training situation. Where are you running, and, like, what are you doing while you're there? So I've been exploring a lot of the trails, which has been really, really fun. Um, yeah, I did a workout yesterday. I'm actually here with another girl who's on the CU um, track and field team, so – we like found the local high school track, um, which is beautiful. And yeah, I've just been kind of exploring the trails. I think I'm going to go into arches and do some runs that hit like all the arches tomorrow. And yeah, just, I'm just having fun, but still getting good training in. So, um, 10 mile championships coming up next weekend. (laughs) And then we're focusing on, you said you're going to do a 5k and then we're focusing on the, um, us champs this summer and your focus is going to be the 10,000? 10,000. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you're kind of like, are you gravitating towards that distance more than the 5,000? Cause I know at the trials last year, you ran both the 5,000 and the 10,000. Yeah, definitely more gravitated towards the, the 10,000. Um, I think last year at the trials I had qualified in both and <laughs> I kind of was like, well, I qualified them both. I definitely want to run them both. And that was sort of before we knew there was that whole 10,000 meter like fiasco at the trials where we didn't oh, know if there were yeah. And so, you know, I only ran one 10,000 last year before the trials. And so I was definitely going to be in the slower heat. And so my coach and I were like, well, if I'm in the slower heat, like, let's just bang out some 5,000s and then the 10,000, like, we don't even have to run if we don't want to. Um, So that was kind of the reasoning behind doing both last year. Okay. So focus was definitely, I mean, and you placed way higher in the 5,000. Focus was definitely the 5,000. The 10,000 was was, was a rough day. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. So after the 5,000. 10th place, by the way, in the final, which is a big deal. Yeah. 
Um, after that 5,000 race, we actually still didn't know if the 10,000 would be two heats or one heat. They told us like the day before, I'm pretty sure. And so my coach was just kind of like, let's just not even do the 10,000. But he, he gave me the the choice whether I wanted to do the 10,000 or not. And he said, well, we don't even have to do it if it's two heats. And I kind of was like, you know what? I just, I want to do it. Even if I'm in the lower heat, like it's just so fun to run at Hayward Field and to be a part of that. Um, And so we kind of made that call and then they said it would be one heat. Um, And it was, they had originally scheduled it for later in the day. And then they had to change it to the morning because it was so hot that day. Um, I think there was a thermometer on the track that said it was 130 degrees. Oh Um, my gosh. Yeah. Which is just like insane. I mean, that was just a crazy heat spell, I guess, in Oregon and Washington. Um, so it was very hot and I definitely didn't run what I thought I was capable of, but I mean, I showed up and I was ready to compete, so I'm proud of that. And I made it to the trials, and that was a really, really fun experience. Um, So, yeah, it was overall a good day. It was just a little hot. What did you learn from your first trials experience? I think I learned to just, like, compete. I think, especially for the 5,000, I had a lot of – I put a lot of pressure on myself because I really, really wanted to make that finals, um, the finals heat. And, yeah, I think – I was thinking too much about time and, and like, Mm. yeah, I think that when you're at a situation in a championship race like that, like you just have to have fun with competing. And yeah, I think my next Olympic trials, which hopefully I get into, I'll just show up ready to compete and I'll want to do even better. You know, that first trials experience, I think my eyes were just wide open and I was taking in everything. I was taking in the crowds and the new venue and, just that whole experience in general. And I think next time I'll have a little bit higher goals for myself, like place wise. I I mean, I feel like that's a pretty standard, like first experience for, for most people, you know, there are definitely outliers, but I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. I was just listening to Ben Rosario on a podcast talking about how like, we got to get away from obsessing over time so much and just like mm-hmm. racing to race. Like there's a reason courses like Peachtree or Boston or New York are so fun because it's like nobody's thinking about breaking any sort of like American record or world record at these races, but it's just like who's the fittest person that's most mentally and physically prepared on the day to run the best race? Yeah, I completely agree. And I feel like track these days and I think it started during the pandemic when there weren't that many races. Like it just has turned into this like time trial racing situation where pacers are expected. And if pacers don't go the like assigned pace, people are upset and and there's no racing anymore. And like, that's what makes running so fun. It's just like people just going crazy and like throwing in these moves and it's just exciting to watch. And people are always like, Oh, well, you know, the sport of running needs like more, we need to do more to make it more exciting. It's like, get rid of the pacers, like have us just race. Like there's nothing more exciting than that. Um, but I agree with what Ben Rosario was saying. Yeah. It's so funny. My, my oldest and the neighborhood boys, they like to race each other, but then they're like, we like to do it separate. And I'm like, no, you need to race neck and neck. Stop racing. They want to like, I go time myself and then you go next. And whoever has the fastest time, I'm like, y'all are going to run a lot faster if you run together because you're going to be duking it out at the end. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I get people head and head again. So funny. Um, Let's talk about the sound running event. You had a big 10,000 meter PR that day. That was recent. When was that? I'm looking at my calendar. Is this two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Just keep proving yourself over and over again. 32 seconds is a huge PR. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was... I was happy with it for sure. I really, really wanted that world standard, but I just wasn't meant to be on that day, I guess. Um, you ran 31.37. What is the world standard? 31.25. Oh, you'll get there. Yeah. So I was I was pretty close. Yeah, you'll get there. Um, talk to us about like where your head was going into that race. I mean, was the world standard the main goal? The world standard was definitely the A goal. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely the A goal. But, you know, I whenever I show up to a race, I just want to do the best I can and I just want to compete. And I think I did that. I think it, it was hard to open up a track season, like trying to get a world standard. For me, I always have a couple of like races that I have to kind of work into the track again um, before I can really just like go for it. Um, but I was really happy with it. I think, I mean, how can you be upset with a huge PR? Yeah, a big PR, 32 seconds. So do you have another opportunity to race a 10K before the national championships then? Because we mentioned the 10 miler and the 5K, but nothing else. Yeah, you know, I don't think I am going to be okay. racing 10,000. Like my coach and I sat down and originally I was like, no, I'm going for that world standard time. I really want it. But um, nationals this year for the 10,000, the 10,000 is being held on a different day than like track nationals. So it's being held the end of May, May 27th, um, with the Prefontaine classic in Eugene. Okay. And so just the way that it's set up, there's not that much time, um, in between and a 10,000 can kind of like kind of wreck your legs in your body a little bit. And so you have to really think about like the recovery going into those races and, you know, we talked about it and I'd rather just have like a really, really great day at nationals and see what I can do um, than trying to hit a world standard time. Okay. And May might not be that hot. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to run as fast as I can on that. Yeah. So it'd be great if I got the world standard time there. <laughs> yeah. That's really super soon. I mean, if you were, we're towards the end of, of March here. Mm-hmm. It is soon. Yeah. Wow. Um, what will your break look like? Like after, after that race, before you ramp up for marathon training, like what kind of rest do you guys choose to give your body? So my coach typically gives us like a down week or probably like two weeks of downtime. And so normally he'll still assign runs that are like 20 to 30 minutes. Um, with like a couple days off. Um, and normally I definitely, I take the days off, even though it kind of drives me crazy. I just know that that's what, you know, our body needs. Um, yeah. And typically I'll plan some sort of crazy adventure, like packing or, you know, do something that's really not recovering my body at all, but it's just a great time to do it. So I take advantage of that. Yeah, you know, I sorry, I was just thinking back. We our internet was getting spotty when we were talking about this and I I wanted to bring it up just a little bit more at the time and then I totally got spacey and forgot. But when you were talking about like the flexibility of work and stuff, it's like man, this people working from home all the time has given us so much flexibility, but 
you're so right. The fact that you're like being a teacher, other than being like a nurse or a doctor, or I'm trying to think of other professions, like that is really challenging to balance your training, I'm sure. Yeah, I think it's, it's annoying in the fact that there's no, like, I can't, I have no like wiggle room, you know, like I have a set schedule where I have to be at work, which sometimes is great for running because I know like, you know, I definitely have this time in the morning, no matter what, you know, yeah. I wake up at five 30 and I can do my run there always. Um, and in the afternoon, same thing. Like I know that I can be off of work at this time. And so I know that I can have this time for an afternoon session. So it's like good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, but if you had a job where you're just like sitting at your computer at home, it's like, oh yeah, I can like squeeze in a lunch run from like 12 to one or something like that. Yeah. Like you just don't have those options. So mm-hmm. I just feel like, um, you know, a lot of people are juggling two things, but the fact that you have like such a structured job hours does add that like extra, extra layer in there for you. And teachers, it, it is hard to get days off as a teacher. Yeah, especially there's been such a huge sub shortage. Yeah. And so like taking time off is like really, really stressful for everybody, like for your principal, for your your colleagues. Yeah. Yeah, everyone. OK, we're just shouting out to the teachers here. I just want to yeah. give you guys some we- love. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, Carrie. Well, I'm excited to see what you end up choosing for your fall marathon. It's always so interesting when I do these podcasts because it's like, until someone's like announced their marathon, nobody can say, and it's still only March anyway, but yeah. um, it's always fun to spectate. Like, are they going to do a flat course? Like what's the, what's, uh, what are they going to choose? So it is exciting. Yeah. I love when everyone starts announcing them on Instagram. I'm like, oh my gosh, that feels so great. And then someone else announces another one. And then I'm like, oh, that's going to be so great. Like, it's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, in Chicago, particularly last year where you debuted, like there were so many good Americans in that field. So it was extra fun to watch. Yeah, it was a really fun one. Um, Okay. Well, we always wrap up here, uh, the podcast with some end of podcast questions. And the first one is what is something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? I would love to make a U.S. team on the track and in the marathon. Love it. Do you think you have a like stronger desire for track or marathon? I think a stronger desire would be marathon. Okay. Just because it's like a wild card. Like a marathon is such a wild card and I love that about it. Yeah. You have so much, it's, it's going to be exciting to see what you do because like you've literally run one marathon. Like there's just so much there. There's so much to explore. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about that too. (laughs) Uh, what is the best, most recent book you've read? Um, I just finished reading a book called The Beekeeper of Aleppo, and it was really, really good. Really sad, but really great book. Oh, love it. Are you binging any good shows right now? Not really. We well, we just finished watching Drive to Survive, the Formula One show, um, season four, which was amazing. Um, yeah, that's really an exciting show. Um, who did I just interview that brought up that show? Oh, Val Constine. She was like, she's oh, like she, so into it. She like went, I think the Austin Formula One Grand Prix. She did. Um, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She's funny. Um, yeah, it's a great show. 
Um, okay, what? who is someone fun, motivating, or inspiring you would like to have coffee, tea, or a cocktail with? Probably the Dalai Lama. Mm. I would, I actually watched him. He came to CU and he um, spoke at CU and I watched him there. Um, yeah, he's like, I love the Dalai Lama. He's a huge inspiration. Have you read the Book of Joy? I know. It's, um, it's the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. It's like conversations between the two of them. Mm. And somebody else is like narrating it. But um, yeah, it's really good. And in the book, he talks a lot about how when he gets up on a stage like that, that he just like makes sure he, to remind himself, like, I'm just a person like everybody else here. Like, I'm nothing special. Like, I'm just you know, because it can get really overwhelming to be on the stage and people thinking you're this really big deal. And so he just like, I always just like center myself and say like, we're all the same. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. What a cool guy. (laughs) Uh, What is your last message to leave with the audience? I would just say, be grateful for where you are and always be kind. That's what I would say. (laughs) Love it. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Carrie, for coming on the show and sharing your story. We are all cheering for you here on All Have Another Podcast. You all can learn more about Carrie. Check her out on Instagram. She is Carrie Vierden over there. You can connect with me personally. I am lindsayhine626. And we would love to connect with you on our Facebook group, All Have Another Podcast. If you ever have any questions, suggestions, want to hear from a special guest or want to be a guest yourself because you've got a story you want to share, you can always reach out to us, Emma at SandyBoyProductions.com. That is my wonderful assistant and she is the person who schedules all the interviews. So we would love to hear from you all and we just thank you so much for listening to the podcast and supporting the show. It means so much to us. Learn more about this podcast and all the podcasts in the network when you go to SandyBoyProductions.com. All right, friends, we've got another Boston Marathon episode series coming up at the beginning of next week. We're having so much fun with that. We're going to do at least four Boston episodes. So four bonus episodes the next few weeks will be great. Um, Have a great Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, we'll see you next Friday.